welcome to There Are Other Ways, conversations about living life a little differently. I'm Fiona Bowers, a brand storyteller for thoughtful creatives and ethical entrepreneurs. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today I am chatting to creative coach Jen Carrington. I've worked with Jen for over a year now and she's honestly the most amazingly intuitive and supportive coach. I have loved every session we've had together and I can't tell you how many times I've thought it'll be okay, I'm talking to Jen soon. It's become something of a mantra for me. I think it's safe to say that you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if it hadn't been for her encouragement. We had such a lovely conversation on the back of one of our sessions, so we're chatting for almost two and a half hours in total, but I could honestly talk to her all day. She is so wise and thoughtful, and this conversation was a real treat. Enjoy. Hi, Jen. Hi, Fiona, who I have not been speaking to for the past hour and a half. We've just had we've just had our um well client call me with you um for yeah for the last hour and a half and um yeah so we're just kind of continuing it on now. <laughs> it's a nice it's quite nice actually. It's like I got to ask you lots of questions and now you get to ask me lots of questions. Yeah, it is quite nice. And I'm looking forward to this for that reason, because normally it's me kind of doing all the talking and you kind of asking me the questions and asking me all the difficult questions and now I get to return the favour. Very excited. <laughs> Right. Okay. So for anyone who hasn't come across you yet online, would you mind saying a little bit about what you do um, and how you are living life a little differently? Of course. So I am Jen. I live in Manchester. Obviously, we have my very strong Northern accent and I am a creative coach. So basically what that means is I work with wonderful people like Fiona and I basically help creatives bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be in their business and their lives. Um, and how am I living life a little differently? I don't know. I think, I guess being self-employed in general is like, we're living life differently than the majority of society. But I guess how I even take that maybe even a little bit further is I try and really live as much as I work. And I, like, for example, this year, I'm taking 16 weeks off from my business. Last year, I took 12 to so nice. travel or just like chill out at home. Just like, so yeah, I try and prioritize my life as much as I do my work I love my work I love my business but I love my life as much as that and that was I don't think that's something we're often taught that we can say or do is like oh I can live my life as much as I love my work but that is something I really try and embrace I mean I completely agree and I love that about you and the content that you do and I find that really inspiring myself and I think that it's such a it's such a great thing to do but you're right because I think there is this kind of narrative that we feel we have to be a part of where we have to sort of keep talking about how busy we are and how overworked we are and how tired we are and how we don't have time to do any of the stuff that we really like. Um, or that it just kind of gets relegated to the weekends or to holidays or anything. Um, and I think it's really great that you put so much effort into creating time and space for the stuff that you really want. Yeah, I mean, I learned this big lesson that my best work, whether it's like my coaching work or my the writing that I do for like, my blog and my weekly letters and all that stuff it happens when I'm well well rested and it happens when I'm taking when my tank is full I can serve people best when my tank is full and I really I think when you're self-employed you, you have this wonderful freedom to actually live our life on our own terms but we're very afraid to do that because society has taught us to work a 40-hour work week and like hustle really hard and um, I mean, I've had like a lot of like personal life experiences that kind of forced me to slow down a little bit. But honestly, I am very happy with my like work-life blend, work-life balance. But I think um, it's maybe atypical. Like it's not very common to choose life 
as much as you work because I think we're not encouraged to do that and you know it's really cool to say I'm so busy I'm so tired and like I get that like there's some people out there working like my mum's a nurse and she like overworks every single day and doesn't get paid for it and she's a hero and I love her and there's like so I sometimes I feel like an idiot for being like I live as much as I work because I have so much privilege to do that I'm so grateful for the people who put in the kind of work that I don't think I could find the energy for but I'm also really grateful that this lifestyle that I do have means that I can pour a lot of energy into my marriage and my friendships and my relationships. So it's all, it's all relative, I guess. Yeah. But it's also, cause I was actually today, I saw something on social media, which was, was it a mother Teresa quote? It was someone, it was a quote from someone sort of famous and very, um, I want to say the word do goodery, but I feel like that's a massive insult. Um, very famous. <laughs> Very awesome, yes. And it was saying that if you want to change the world, then go home and love your family. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love that. That's that's like that is just that is that is like true. I read Iris texted my friend the other day because um, she's in a situation like, like this is not relevant, so I don't need to tell you about her situation. But I remember texting back and I was like, oh, this sounds so gushy. But like the thing that brings me the most clarity in my life is that what matters most is taking care of myself and my family and the people I love. And I called you the bullshit, you know, like how many people follow us on Instagram or like, I'll, like all that crap, like take it all away. It's like, am I showing up for my life and for the people I love? And am I being the best version of that? And I like to put myself in there. Like, am I taking care of myself? That at the end of the day is what matters to me. Like if all of the people I love died tomorrow, none of the other crap in my life would matter. I just, life is about people. So I love that quote. Yeah, I think it's really great. And I think it's it's really great how you um, live your life. Like, I think that's incredibly important to put as much time into that. And I think that this kind of culture of always having to do more and always having to kind of fill our lives and put more stuff in. And I think that one thing you write really well about is about white space and how important that is to kind of cultivate. Yeah. No, I'm not, like, I, I think, to be honest, it's really interesting. When I think of how, like, white space came into my life, like, I – because I, I live with mental health illness, which 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 is really interesting because most people I meet also live with some form of mental health illness. So I feel like all those creative people, maybe our minds are all just, you know, maybe we're not as messed up as we think we are. Maybe it's just a bit more common. <laughs> it's, I find it very weird that there are so many people in the online creative world who struggle with, um, who have one very introverted and two struggle with anxiety like I feel like that's something that seems very very common yeah like anxiety or depression or like all like a mood disorder like I feel like because I feel like starting your own business and like having space online to kind of pursue what you're passionate about it's safe and it's on your own terms and for me white space came from when I I had two breakdowns before my 21st birthday so like I, <laughs> it was not a nice way to spend my late teens and early twenties. And I discovered, you know, and I went through, I had breakdowns, I went through medication, I went through therapy. And the biggest thing I learned on the other side of that is I can live a whole, as whole life as possible and thrive if I have two things or have control over my environment, which being self-employed gives me. And if I have white space for my brain just to rest and recover, because when you live with mental illness, your brain is doing a lot of things that if you are not living with mental illness, it isn't doing. So like I'm hyper aware at all times of what's going on. I'm like, I'm navigating different anxieties or stresses. And my brain is just doing things that I need white space for my brain to recover. And then when I started my business and I, I then discovered that my creativity thrives thanks to white space. So like 
I'm not. So this is really funny. The other week, and Fiona will know this because I had to reschedule one of our calls. I had tonsillitis. I had to take a whole week off. And it was horrible because I was stuck in bed really sick. It was wonderful also because I got to finally watch This Is Us and I watched every single episode that's available. So, so good. good. But this crazy, so crazy good. thing happened. Okay, so I spent, I think, around nine, seven to nine days completely sick, couldn't move. On the other side of it, I've had the biggest burst of creative energy that I've had in a while. Like, it just, it's been two weeks since then. And I've like, I've just, every day I've been like very energized and creating and it's a week of doing nothing. It's like it recharged my tank and I just wanted to create. So I think white space does wonders for our mental health. And I think it does wonders for our creativity. And also as a business owner, it does wonders just for me being able to have the energy to show up and do the very like high impact work of like coaching clients or like writing like big pieces of content. It, yeah, white space is my like secret to doing anything in my life. I think it's, I completely agree with you. And I'm saying, I hate being rushed. Like I have a real hatred of like, especially in the mornings. And for a really long time, I thought, and I wrote a blog post about this, but I thought that in order to be productive, I had to, I kept doing these ridiculously complicated morning <laughs> routines. But from all this stuff that I read online about how you're meant to like meditate and do yoga and drink green juice and exercise and um, like drink two gallons of water before 9am and do all this stuff. And I kept trying to do it all. And I would end up having an incredibly unproductive day. And what I realized was that the days when I didn't try to do all of that, I didn't try to have a productive day. I just kind of just existed like I just got on with my day um were the most productive and I've realized that for me the best start to my day is just making coffee and sitting on my windowsill and looking out for 10 minutes and just kind of you know having a slow start to the day um and that that is what makes me more productive and if I try and do all these complicated things then it just doesn't work no definitely like I think the question I'm always asking myself and the people I love and my clients is just like are you giving yourself what you need to thrive because if you're giving yourself what society is telling you you should be doing, you're probably, like, are you giving yourself what you need? A lot of us, that does mean quiet time in the mornings. Because if we're starting our day with other people's agendas, whether that's, like, our inboxes or our social media, we are just giving up control from what we're letting, allowing into our brain. And so, yeah, are you giving yourself what you need to thrive? And are you also, are you giving yourself permission to, like, not measure your productivity I think that's a big part of it like if we're measuring our productivity I think that's where we've gone wrong it's more like am I proud of what I did today did I do good work did I just like listen to the natural like ebb and flow of my energy did I show up for myself not like how productive was I like how many to-dos did I tick off I don't think those are the helpful questions I think those are just I think there's that just leads to like shame and comparison if we're just measuring productivity yeah I mean case in point today I ticked off a lot of to-dos. I had one of those days where I ticked off a lot of stuff, except for the one thing that I needed to do. I spent all day, I literally spent all day doing all these jobs, except for the one thing that I really needed to do. And that would have made my day feel, I think I would have ended today feeling so much better had I just done that one thing. But instead I did like 20, including like organizing my kitchen cabinets. Like it got, it got, I was like, why have I even put this on my list? Like this is so obviously just procrastination, but I just kind of wanted, I think we get a bit addicted to that kind of feeling of being productive. Like I think I just wanted to tick yeah. stuff off. And sometimes it's good because sometimes, sometimes when you've got that kind of like, for me, it's like manic energy. Sometimes it's good because I just get stuff done or I feel like I feel great. And then sometimes 
I feel like it's all like we're walking contradictions as humans. Sometimes what like makes us have a terrible day the next time can make us have a wonderful day. Or sometimes what's really bad for our mental state can then be a really good thing another day. So I also think trying to lean into my like contradictions as a human and just kind of constantly asking myself, what do I need today? And sometimes what I need in a certain day is to put my big girl pants on and just like do the day. And then sometimes what I need that day is to like, like I call it treating myself with like kid gloves and just like go easy on myself so I think it's we're just every day is different and I think it's my kind of rule is like stay in constant conversation with myself so I'm not living my life on autopilot I'm living my life as intentionally as possible because do you think because you went pretty much straight from university into sort of working for yourself or beginning or blogging and then setting up your own business is that is that right I graduated with a social work degree not wanting to be a social worker (laughs) and then we I worked in retail for a few months and then I had my second breakdown um so we moved back home and I spent like a whole year like really sick I was waiting waiting to try and get some therapy and some help and so I spent like a year kind of I was blogging at the time but it wasn't there was no nothing in my mind thinking it's going to become like a business. And then once I started to get better, I started to see what I would like. And then I started to slowly build the business. So I, I've never had like, apart from the few months of working retail after uni, even though I'd already worked retail like ever since I was old enough to get a job, I've never had like a traditional office job. And I think that's played a huge part of it for me because there's no like work week baggage that I've had to rewrite. Like if I have a client who's maybe like, worked in an office job for even just a few years but especially if it's like 5 10 15 years there is so much to rewrite in their brain I never had that so I definitely think I had it a bit easier I think that was exactly what I was going to ask because I think that it does play a part because I think you've kind of you kind of have it ingrained in you and I think you also there's this sort of idea that of being the first one to arrive and the last one to leave is a really good thing um but for me it was always a case of it wasn't a case of how much work I was doing. It was always just a case of mm. being there. And I think that that is something that kind of gets it, working hard gets equated to um, how long, how many hours yeah. you're working. And they're not the same thing, um, but they kind of get equated to be the same thing. And you're right. And I think when you've kind of had, you've been in that environment for a while, it is really hard to kind of break out of it. And I see, I mean, even at the co-working space um, I used to go to in Bali, like I used to see that people, a lot of people did still do nine to five sort of hours and would sort of feel guilty if they didn't. There was still that sort of, those sort of hang-ups of sort of, oh, no, I'm here for another sort of a couple of hours or oh, all day I feel really guilty. I'm kind of taking an afternoon off, even though they were completely entitled to do so. And I think that that does kind of stick really tightly to us yeah, I think I call it work week baggage and I think I think one of the bravest things you have to do when you're self-employed is to give yourself permission to rewrite all the rules and I think it's really hard especially if you don't have anyone else around you supporting that like like if you're if you're going against the grain of the people in your life you can feel really isolated and kind of you can feel like people are judging you for being lazy and you, you've just been conditioned even in school to like sit at a desk for a certain amount of time and I think it's getting to a place where you're brave enough to ask yourself, not how should I be working, but how can I support myself to reach my potential in my business? And how can I support myself to be healthy in that process and enjoy this? And some days, like, like I, like the past two days before this, I think I worked like 10 hour days because I was just like, like Monday I was recording episodes for my show. And yesterday I was just like, I was in the flow. And like, it wasn't like I was sat down for 10 hours. It's like, I got up, I did different things, but I 
put in like a lot of work because I was like in flow but then I also watched like episodes of Grey's Anatomy in between tasks so maybe not like a 10 hour day but it was like that long but that was cool with me because I did the work and then but then other days I'll work some weeks I'll work 15 hours and I'm good and I rarely work more than 25 ish hours this week's probably like a 30 hour week because I've gone above and beyond what I usually would do for, for fun reasons but I don't know where I'm going with this answer but I guess it's just giving yourself what you need and listening to yourself instead of it's like the hardest thing to do but it's I think it's once you break through that barrier of oh this is what I should do or this is what I shouldn't do that's when I think your own special magic can happen but it's it's we need like support and encouragement to do that and we need to like all cheer each other on and not kind of say oh yeah but how much have you done this week or I'm so busy and I don't think that helps yeah I think it's so great that you talk about that as well though because I think so many people don't talk about it or they kind of put up a they feel like they should be kind of showing that they're doing all this work and so I think there's this kind of disconnect sometimes on social media and people saying that they're doing all this and then making other people feel bad that they're not um so I think it's really great that you do talk honestly about how many hours you work and what your work week actually looks like because I don't think there are that many people doing that I think it's I think it's just like I kind of have this um this mantra that I have to live what I give so I can't say that I want to I can't tell my clients to give themselves what they need to thrive and to build a business that works for them if I'm not also doing that and I think I think seeing people walk their talk and I think seeing people be brave enough to do things on their own terms gives other people permission and I think as women it's harder for us just because the way we've been conditioned in society and I think walking our talk and just saying like yeah we can do things our own way I think that's so helpful and I think just being honest about I think you know I think we've been taught like a business you have to like hustle and put 60 hour work weeks in and I believe that when I got started and then I burnt out and I make more money now working less hours and that's not that is not the full story the full story is I'm in my fourth year of business and I've built it to this place but I've been from like year two I was like slowing down and reining it in and taking control and I think it is possible to build a business that gives you freedom and brings you joy and yeah there's hard days and some days I'm tired and all I want to do at the end of the day is watch Pitch Perfect because it's my favorite de-stressor but when I am stressed or overworked or tired it's on my own terms and I have the space to rest and recharge and sometimes I'll be like have the easiest week possible because I'm tired and I just want to read and I'm like I'll show up and do the work and then I'll rest so I just I think there's power in just showing in just walking our talk and living what we give kind of like sat here listening to you being like this is amazing like you're just so wise Jen you're just so wise um so tell me a little bit more about coaching and why you got into it and what it is that you love about it okay so I'm going to use you as an example because I feel like that's please do so okay I started coaching because so I have a social work degree so there is something within me at at a youngish age that knew that I've always felt like my one of my reasons that I'm here on this planet is to help people get to where they want to get to that just feels like I feel like I'm I can hold good space for people and I've always wanted to be someone who encourages and supports people so that's probably why I went into social work I was like oh they're great this is this job where I can help people no anyone who's listened to this who works in any social care sector knows that it's one of the most heartbreaking stressful jobs and I think anyone who's doing that job is a superhero in my opinion um so I I did that degree it just wasn't for me and then I was lost I had my second breakdown my life was a mess I didn't leave the house for a long time (laughs) but I had this little blog and through this blog I kind of like built up my confidence and my skills and what I kind of my experience and what I kind of realized was oh my god it would be so cool to help people do what I've done 
And it all started off with me just for blog coaching. I just wanted to help people like set up a blog and like get to grips with blogging. And then over the years, it, I realized that, oh, I'm a creative coach. I can help people with like their business and so much more than this. And it's really like evolved naturally as my experience has evolved. So why am I a coach? I'm a coach because I love holding space. So for Fiona, for example, I love like jumping on a call with you and hearing what's going on for you and holding space for you to like actually like listen to yourself and find out and find like a practical but purposeful way forward. It is honestly the coolest job because it's my job to support people, to listen to them, to like help them see what they're capable of when they can't see it and to like encourage them when they lose their way and and also get like really super strategic but in like a very like big hearted like I'm never on a call the client like what's like a, a sneaky thing you can do to get more sales <laughs> that's like not my as Fiona knows it's more like how can you run your business in a way that feels true to you and how can you live your life in a way that feels joyful to you so I'm a creative coach because honestly I don't I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing as arrogant as that may sound like I feel very in flow in my job and it's a really cool job and it's my favorite thing in the world is just like when you see your clients like just like astonish themselves like you like when you've done things that a year ago you wouldn't have believed you would do that is like that is just the best feeling in the world and it makes me like you doing this podcast you've been dreaming of doing this for over a year and you're doing it now and I'm so excited for you it's true this was a long time in coming um but you're also so good at it though like you have a real knack and sometimes I get off a call with you and I'm like I don't know quite how she did that like you somehow managed to like completely flip my mindset or help me to sort of like uncover something that has been holding me back for a really long time um or got me talking about something in a different way um so you have it you have a real knack for it um and it's a very subtle knack because I don't always know that you're doing it but then I kind of get off a call and I'm like oh wow it's quite clever what she did there I think like it's a mix of like creating like a completely judgment-free space like you can say anything to me and I'm always on your team, but also not calling you out on your bullshit, but holding you accountable to the best version of yourself. So not allowing you to make yourself smaller or to hold yourself back. And it's not in an aggressive way, like, like, but it's a judgment free space, but holding you accountable to the best version of yourself and believing in you. Like I, I have to believe in my clients that, and I do, I believe in all human beings because I didn't, if I can do it, anyone can. I was like, I'm the biggest mess ever. Like I did my university dissertation the night before 10,000 words the night before in between watching. Wow. Like I was a joke. Like I had no self-motivation, but then I started this business and I was like, Oh my God, when I love something and believe in something, I will show up for it. So I think it's a case of like listening, holding a judgment free space. And also like you're the expert in your life. I just want to help you discover that and see that and ask the right questions and obviously I've been doing this my fourth year now and I've worked with like up to like I think like 200 clients so I've seen like patterns in behavior and every human's so different but I think it's just it's creating that space and knowing the right questions to ask and also I think being okay with being uncomfortable as a coach like I can hold I think it's important that I can hold uncomfortable space so like if a client's feeling emotional or like stressed by something or upset I can just sit in that space with you whereas sometimes the people in your real life it triggers them or it's uncomfortable for them I can it's my job to sit in that space and be steady for you and also you know hopefully share with you the experience and the lessons that I've learned that can help you build the business and life you want on your own terms but hopefully knowing like knowing that you have someone in your corner who can guide you and support you but it's a very cool job but I am I'm a better coach now than I was three years ago and I hope 
to hell that I'm a better coach in three years do I never want to stop growing in how I show up and do this and there is times when I like we'll get off a call and be like oh maybe I could have said this thing I think if anyone's listening who's a coach I think the secret is like never stop growing in your craft like constantly be asking yourself how can I do this better how can I continue to like grow in the way that I show up for my clients because I and I think that's the same for everyone and anything you do is like don't don't stop growing and evolving because your clients deserve the best version of you and you deserve to become the best you can do at your work too it's something that I'm really sort of trying to work on a bit I think this idea of like that you're able to grow and we spoke I mean literally an hour ago when we had um when we had our conversation, we had our, our uh, client call, is that I said that I was feeling um, uncomfortable with the fact that my podcast wasn't perhaps, that this podcast wasn't perhaps where I wanted it to be. Like the sound quality is not perhaps quite there. There's a few things that I'm just not, that I know that I could do better. And what you said was that you've got to be okay with being a beginner right now. Like it's okay. And I think that was just so what I needed to hear. And I think it's so easy to compare where you are right now with other people who are, a year two years um down the line and then because of that to not let yourself grow mm. and not let yourself learn the lessons yeah um so that's something that you've really helped me with yeah there's this um viola davis who in my opinion is the greatest actress of her generation um in one of her i think it was her oscar speech for fences she kind of said like um where are all the best stories they're in the graveyard like like people take their best work to the grave with them because things got in the way of them sharing it with the world. And I think the biggest thing that gets in the way I see for so many creative, wonderful humans is like, they don't want to be a beginner. They want to go to step 10 without taking step one, two, three, you know, to get there. And I think the bravest thing we can do is just be like, I'm going to be a beginner at this and I'm going to surrender to my own mediocrity in this moment. And I'm going to do what it takes to get to where I want to get to. And I'm going to have fun along the way. And I'm going to trust that people are going to let me do this. They're going to let me figure this out and get to where I need to get to. And it's really okay if I'm not perfect right now, because there's still value in unperfect work. Like I always think that is like, think about the content that has changed your life. They were a beginner once too, and they had to get to where they are now to change. And maybe even beginner content can change your life too. Yeah, exactly. And there's that, there's that, I'm sure, I think it was a TED talk about the gap, that there's always that gap yeah. when you first start out, especially as a creative. Can you remember who oh, it's, I, who said oh, it? Oh, it begins with an I. I can never pronounce his name properly. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'll I'll look it up and put a link to it in um, the show notes. Um, but it, he talks about there's always a gap when you start any creative work because you get into what it is because you have taste and because you know what's good and because you like what's good. But when you start out, you can't quite yeah. reach. You're not there yet. You're not creating work that's at that level. And you just have to keep going and keep improving over and over again until you get there. Yeah. And that's like the biggest truth. Like the people who do incredible things in the world are the people who are the ones who kept going when it was scary or hard or like nerve inducing or when it was crap. It's like, we've got to be brave enough to like push through our like crappy first drafts and be a beginner. And like my kind of mantra is like when I'm starting something that's new or scary, just surrender to my own mediocrity, like be humble enough to accept that I'm not going to be very good at this straight away. But that's this freedom in that. There's freedom in being, hey, guess what? I just have to be okay at this at first. And no one has to see this until I'm willing to share it either. Um, and I also think people being able to listen to you say how you feel about this show right now, even though I think it's awesome, is it gives them permission to do something before they feel like it's perfect. And I think that there's power in that. In, in us, what Bravery encourages bravery. Yeah, exactly. I really love that. I really love that sentiment. Um, 
So you wrote you wrote a blog post, I think, at the beginning of the year about going deeper, not wider in your business. And I just wonder whether you could kind of say a bit about that and what that means for you. Yeah, I've always really held on to this. So I I want to go deeper, not wider for a couple. So like basically what that means to me is I want to go deeper into my craft, my work. I want to go deeper into how I'm showing up for my clients, how I'm showing up for myself. Wider for me feels like more, more, more. So maybe doing um, less focused work, but more kind of scattered work. So like for me, more going wider is listening to my ego. Going deeper is listening to my integrity and my heart and my purpose. Um, and going deeper usually is very quiet. It's quieter for me. So it's not the work where people are clapping at you every 10 minutes. It's the work where maybe you like pour yourself into a project and you don't get the instant gratification from it, but you get like long-term rewards. And it's really, I guess, pursuing what matters most, not what brings like instant gratification or what kind of makes my business look super successful on the outside. That for me is going wider and all going wider would be like trying to be a jack of all trades instead of trying to be really good at what I know I can do best. So for me, just going deeper is I want to be the best coach I can be. I want to be the best writer I can be. I want to be the best like business owner I can be. And I'm going to do that by diving deep into the work that's most important instead of spreading myself too thin to just try and build something that looks good on the outside, but doesn't feel good on the inside. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And I think it kind of goes back to a little of what, again, we were saying, this is going to get boring. Again, we were saying our conversation earlier about how there is perhaps a little bit in the online world of kind of chasing those peaks, Mm. those real highs of like launching a new product or like putting work out there and getting that kind of like real like rush of success but that I think one of the things that you've done incredibly well is kind of you've built your business really slowly and really intentionally and as you were saying you've built it to be consistent and to bring people in on a regular basis not for it to kind of have those massive highs and lows yeah I mean I not only would that give my like anxiety push me over the edge but I feel like I want to, I've tried to take it, I've tried to do everything with as much integrity and intention as possible because I want to build, I want to be doing this for as long as I can. I want to be in whatever capacity. I want to be walking with other creative women and other awesome humans in their journeys and supporting them and using whatever gifts and strengths I have to support other people. And I don't want something that's going to be super successful for a year and then it crash and burn because I didn't build the foundations. And also like, I want to walk with people of their journey. I don't want to waste my time doing other crap that doesn't matter to me. Like I want to be in there doing the work, like whether it's with my clients or writing the content. And I think that it's not the same for everyone. I think my introverted nature goes into a big part of it. And I think the fact that I adore like one-on-one, like I like being the person behind the scenes. Like I love supporting my clients and seeing them thrive. I don't have the urge to be the one in the spotlight. So I think, I think it all depends. Some people will have more of a desire to be more seen or to be more, have, and that's absolutely fine. I, I think I'm leaning into my natural nature so that this is how I find joy in my business, but it's also how I found consistency and financial stability and also how I think I've been able to really deliver a high level of work too by focusing in on what matters most and not being distracted by things that don't truly help me fulfill what I'm here to do. 
Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about kind of working with your natural tendencies rather than against them. And I think it's it's very interesting, like running a business as, I mean, as a fellow introvert, sometimes I feel like I really have to push myself um, to kind of try and be more extroverted online. Um, but you're right that there is a way of doing it where you're kind of working with, you know, the flip side of introversion is always that you have that ability to go deeper and you have that ability to really sink into work and to really connect with people. And it's kind of using those it's using the pluses rather than focusing on the on the on the things that you struggle with I guess I think there's actually power in being an introvert in that um like there's power in being a quieter person and listening and paying attention to yourself and paying attention to others and just I think there's power in that I've always said that I don't I want my business to feel like home I'm not willing to do anything that makes it not feel like home because then I don't, what's the point? What's the point in doing this if it doesn't feel like home, if it doesn't feel like a little world that I've created for myself where I can show up as my whole self and I can make people feel how I want to make them feel and I can do the work I want to do. I don't want to do anything that makes me feel like I've had to change myself or compromise myself to kind of build this. I really believe from the bottom of my heart that we can build businesses that are impactful, fulfilling and sustainable without compromising who we are. It takes more intention and patience and courage to do that. But that's that's what I'm all about. It's like build a business on your own terms without compromising yourself so that it feels like home at the end of the day. You you feel like you've built something that feels like yours and that you didn't have to like you didn't have to change yourself to get to what you wanted to get to. You got to embrace the real you and who you are. And you really got to build a business based on what makes you special and what makes you here to do some awesome work. And that's completely what I think we have, what we've been working together on doing for me and that I really, really appreciate. And I do love that one of the questions you ask me the most is like, what, how can you do this so that it feels good for you? And it's such a good way of looking at things and something that I really appreciate because I think there's always this pressure to do things in a certain way. And I feel it a lot. I'm always like, oh, should I be doing this? Like, should I be doing that? Like everyone else seems to be doing it. Maybe I should. And you're really good at helping me to get out of that and to think, right, well, how can I do this in a way that works for me and is good for me and feels good for me, which I really, really appreciate. Think about how many like blueprint advice there is out there of just like, this is the top 10 things you should do to do this. And like, I believe it's all with good intention, but I personally have this mantra. I'm currently drafting like a piece of content around this. I just want to get the tone right, which is like why you don't want a coach or a workshop or a course or a book to tell you how to run your business. You want all that information to help you discover how you want to run your business and to help you discover who you are as a business owner. But if you're relying on other people to tell you how to run your business, not only do they not know or care or understand about your business as much as you do, but you're not becoming a business owner at that point. Like you're not developing a relationship with yourself where you have the courage and the clarity to make the decisions you need to make. And I think a lot of people are giving up their power to advice that is screaming at them when in reality, they just need to get quiet and be brave enough to listen to themselves. And yeah, there are tools and coaches and courses and resources out there to walk them through that journey. But you don't want someone to tell you how to do this. You want someone to hold space for you to figure out how you can do this on your own terms. And I think the most important work to do is to build a relationship with yourself as a business owner and I think that's where that question of always how can I do this in the way that I want to do this and what's the purpose of doing this for my business and my purpose and I think I don't think a lot of the noise online is encouraging people to do that I think it's encouraging people to put like 
like experts on a pedestal and like hope that they'll fix all their problems yeah I think there is a lot of uh, by my course by my coaching by my whatever and so you can do things in exactly the same way that I've done them because I've done them and I'm now earning six figures (laughs) a month in a day or you know whatever it is that the latest thing that people are selling um and there's a lot of and you're right it's a lot of noise but I think most of the time it just kind of serves I mean a to part people with money that they probably don't need to spend and I'm complete I was I have been a complete sucker for a lot of it as well um but also to then feel bad that they haven't achieved these things and I think that there's a lot of editing of stories going on as well I think like I think I kind of see it when you follow someone in real time and then you kind of look back at how they're kind of communicating that online and you think hmm was that really how that happened wasn't there like a whole other year before Mm -hmm. then when you were sort of floundering around didn't really know what you're doing and now you're suddenly selling it as in three months I you know whatever it was yeah no I think we're in I I think we're just in this interesting time where people is people are vulnerable when they've got a dream and when they've got a goal or when they're working hard for something and I think as humans who sell stuff on the internet we should respect people's dreams and and courage and people's hopes and we should we should sell to them from a place of integrity and humanity and we should I don't think we need to tell anything other than the truth to sell our services and our products because the truth is what matters and it's like I don't think there's anything I I says on my sales page like I can't do the hard work for you because I can't and I also believe that when my clients have like amazing successes that's not on me that's on them for showing up and doing the work all I did was help them see what they were capable of when they just didn't believe in it themselves and all I did was support them in that journey but they did that they showed up and did that work and I think we need more conversation around how it's actually on the individual to change their own lives and to choose tools and resources and encouragement and advice that's here to help them do it in their own way, not to kind of manipulate their fears to the point of making them buy something that they don't really need. And I mean, we could, this is like a whole bigger conversation of like, where's the line between like good marketing and manipulative marketing? And I think, and it's up to the individual always to make a decision on what feels good to them. But my advice for anyone listening is like, buy things that make you feel good about yourself when you're buying it, not things that make you feel like you're small. So you should buy this to be a better version of yourself because that you don't, you're already awesome. You just need more help to fulfill your potential. You don't need to change who you are to make your dream or your goals happen. I completely agree. And I think it's so refreshing to hear someone say that as well because I don't think it really gets said enough at all. I think we're afraid to say it because, oh, like that's... (laughs) like we're in the age of like the sales funnel and this and the good end of a pitch at the webinar and it's like it's all good like I any human who's out there making it do and making it work and building an awesome business like good for you I just I'm a little obsessed with integrity <laughs> and I think maybe it's to my detriment sometimes I'm just like no <laughs> of all the things to be obsessed with I think integrity is one of the best like I think we can let you have that like that's okay like it's okay to be obsessed with integrity I said this recently in a podcast recording for my show with my wonderful friend who I'm sure everyone listening knows Sarah Tasker because she's amazing and I said to her I was like my, my mantra for this year one of them was I only want to tell the truth and I only want to consume the truth and that for me is at the core of everything it's like I only want to tell like the whole like like the, the very heart of the truth because people don't need any more bullshit and I only want to consume the truth because I don't have time for anyone's bullshit and I think embracing that it's just a wonderful it's like a wonderful place to sit in because it's just sitting in the truth of the matter and in the truth is 
is where we can actually achieve what we want to achieve and the rest of it is just the bullshit's just there to distract us and just stop us from reaching it just wants us to keep buying things because that's how the system works so uh, yeah so i have a question so what is your definition we kind of touched upon this a bit earlier but what is your definition of success my definition of success is like there's a few layers so here's my my i think success to me means that i am like living a life that feels true to me so i'm i'm doing work that i'm proud of that comes from a place of integrity that i believe in and that i see has an impact in the world and success to me also means that i'm living my life on my own terms that i have space to not only nurture my business but to nurture myself and my relationships and i mean success to me also means that i can provide for myself and take care of my family that's a late that has to be a layer to it too but it's a blend of for me success is if my life and my business is impactful fulfilling and sustainable so is my work having impact am i fulfilled by my life and is it sustainable both financially and also energy wise that to me but ultimately i think success is do i like myself like am i proud of myself like if i died tomorrow would i be happy with what people would say about me in the funeral like, to me it's just like am I, do I like who I am and do I like what I'm doing with my life and am I am I showing up and being the bravest version of myself even if some days that means sitting in bed and watching this is us and other days if it means doing something brave and scary it's like am I showing up and living my life fully so I'm so sorry everyone listening that that was not a concise version of success no I think no I think I think it was perfect and something that I really identify with I think for me it's the same thing as going to bed at night and feeling like okay with who I am and what I did that day and being like yeah you know what you did okay you did or you did the best that you could that day um and I think knowing that is to me that's my definition of success like going to bed and knowing that I did the best yeah, I could even if the best I could was someone else's like if if someone felt like even the best I can do does not seem very impressive am I like Am I asking myself honestly, am I proud of myself today? Or, and it's also okay if I go to bed and I'm like, I could have done today better. Well, am I going to try better tomorrow? Because I'm not a perfect human. Sometimes I can be really horrible to my mother on the phone because she's only trying to be nice to me, but she's irritating me. (laughs) Or I I shout at my husband because he made me a bit of bread today and there's no enough barbecue sauce. And I was like, where's the barbecue sauce? And it's like, it's run out. And I was like, I can't eat it because it's no barbecue. so it's like am I trying my best and am I am I growing as a human I don't want to stand still like I feel like am I moving forward and growing and evolving and becoming a braver kinder more generous more thoughtful patient version of myself like I don't want to stand still but um but I also don't want to like chase something that doesn't feel true either yeah no it's it's moving forward constantly but not kind of going after something that is that isn't it isn't something that you want yourself that's kind of what what other people are telling you to go after um that I think is really key um right so what has been the best thing for you about living life a little differently uh you know what the best thing okay so being I think it's being able to take control of areas of my life that felt very out of my control so like I started my business on the other side of two mental health breakdowns and then over the past few years like illnesses like I've had like serious like chronic illness issues that have popped up so I'm navigating both like physical and mental health struggles and living my life a little differently means that I get to live an awesome life even with a whole lot of limitations on the table with me 
And that honestly is the thing I'm most grateful for every day because there's been times in my life where I just was like, it's it's over for me. Like I'm going to have to live in a mental institution. <laughs> I'm going to have to be bed bound. And I just, I didn't see a future for myself. And by building this business, not only am I like actually contributing to the world and to the economy and to my family, like, which is makes me so proud of myself and so happy, but I'm also able to live a whole life in the face of things that I thought made me broken, which is just amazing. Like I, I have to pinch myself every single day because of that. So I think living life differently enabled me to actually have a life and a life that I didn't even know was ever possible. Like, like if someone's like, I wouldn't change anything like, like health issues and all, I'd keep it all for this life because it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's also challenging. But I think being able to do it on my own terms has empowered me to really live again, if that makes any sense. That makes complete sense and is, I think, perhaps my favourite answer to this question that I've asked so far. I think that's really lovely. Um, And what has been the hardest thing? The hardest thing about living life differently, I think it's the unknown. And I think even if someone's, like, become a doctor, there must be unknown in that, but I, I think it's the unknown of, I don't know what my life's going to look like in 10 years. And I don't know. There's no guarantee. There's no pension plan. There's no sick pay. It's just I am in control of everything. And that is both empowering and really, really, really scary. But I think I've just had to surrender to that and say to myself, how can I face this? How can I face this with as little? How can it cripple me as little as possible? How can it? How can I not let this break me, the unknown? How can I see the unknown as an adventure and not something that is scary? And I'm constantly asking myself that every day. I think it also comes a lot from trusting yourself as well. And I think this is something that I kind of have to keep reminding myself that it's okay if I can't see like the path ahead, as long as I can kind of, as long as I know that I can walk whatever comes my way. That's such a weird metaphor. It doesn't really work at all. But it's okay if it's like really misty, as long as like, I just need to be able to see that little patch of solid ground beneath my feet. And it's okay. I kind of, I always tell myself like, I'll figure this out. Like no matter what happens, I will figure this out. I will show up. I'm like a grown ass woman. I will take care of myself. And also like, I'm not alone. I have a husband and and dog and cats and (laughs) friends and family. Like, like I can, I can lean on people and, but yeah, it's like, I can handle this and I can, I also think you get to a certain stage as a business owner where you have to trust the business. That's been the biggest thing for me because you know this about me. My kind of mantra is like, I'm not entitled to my business or my dreams coming true, but you have to do get to a certain point where you trust what you've built and you trust, you, you let go a little bit and just let it breathe. That has been a huge journey that I've gone on because I think if you hold too tightly onto it, like anything, you, you kill it. So letting go enough so that it can breathe and thrive on its own and not losing sleep over that, that's been a very interesting experience. As someone who's like, it's not like I've been running my business for decades, but like now in year four, it's been like, it's long enough that I'm like, I really should start trusting this and letting it, like just seeing where it goes a little bit and not feeling like I have to like know everything at all times. So for anyone who doesn't currently follow you online, where can they find you? Um, so the best place to keep in touch with me is my email community. That is kind of where everything happens. I share mini books and I share emails every Sunday, little letters from me. You can get them over at jencarrington.com. There's also lots of content on there and a blog. And I'm on social media occasionally, but it's not it's not where I spend a lot of my energy. So you might catch me there now and again when I get like a burst of like 
human desire to connect <laughs> but like, I love it when you have your Instagram burst and suddenly my feed is full of your beautiful photos and I'm like oh this is so lovely <laughs> I know I get like it's I'm so terrible I break all the internet rules because I'm just like I won't be consistent I'll be like really intense for a while and then really quiet but yes my my email community is probably the best place to keep in touch with me and see it's my probably my favorite place to create and share too perfect Jen thank you so much for the past like two and a half hours of conversation thank you very much for listening Please do sign up to my newsletter, Letter and Notes. I send it out every Monday morning and it includes a short essay from me on my own experiences in living life a little differently and in running a thoughtful and creative business. Also, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I am a bit of a bookworm. So I also include what I've been reading, watching and listening to that week. My hope is that you'll enjoy reading it as much as I enjoy writing it. You can sign up at www.fianabarrows.com where you can also find out more about the work that I do in helping thoughtful creators share their story online through clear and cohesive copy and content this week is another double episode one so on thursday my interview with frankie thompson who is a writer of all things will go live look out for it or even better subscribe on itunes and it will magically appear in your podcast while there i'd also really appreciate it if you could rate and review i hope you have a really good week and see you soon